You'll be proud of this game, and you can do a great deal for football today. The whole tradition of the National Football League, there's just certain things that go together, the family, football, and we have it all today. Time never really stops for the great ones. It reaches out and wraps them in a cloak of immortality. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the NFL Alumni Lounge. Very special episode today, powered by our friends at Elevate Health, the very best in sports recovery. We've got the Chambers here, the Red Light Therapies at camp, and one of our premier coaches right here, an NFL alumni family member, and soon-to-be XFL defensive line coach. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Paul Spicer. (laughs) We got the Spice Man in the lounge. How you feeling? Oh man, feeling great, feeling great. Just you know, um, you know, excited to be down here in um, Arlington, Texas, to get opportunity to work with these young men yeah. and to continue to help them, you know, build their career. Yeah. And um, I always tell guys about, you know, when you come into the game as a professional athlete, you want to have a career, you want to be a statistic, mm. you know, because that's what it's about. You're building towards a career because these guys that you know, and unfortunately. We have those type of guys that just want to, you know, hey, they got in, they got a, maybe a game in or maybe some training camp in, and they say they play, they play as a professional athlete. That's not a professional athlete. Right. And you've seen the spectrum. You've lived the life. So your entry into the NFL. Man, a lot of people don't know, but I mean, my first check mm-hmm. from the NFL, from the NFL team, uh, Detroit Lions, as working in the equipment room. What? Yeah, my senior year at, uh, in college in um, Saginaw Valley State University. Uh, you know, got to get shout out to Sag Nasty. But, <laughs> um, but no, um, you know, Detroit Lions decided to make their training camp at Saginaw. And, um, you know, I wanted to be around them, be around professional athletes, you know. Uh, it was right at, around the time that there was a little buzz that, you know, I might have an opportunity. Yeah. Not knowing, I wasn't really – I didn't have the confidence and belief that that was going to happen, but it was great to get around those guys and see those guys, how they work, how professional athletes mm. work, you know, and see if that's something I could do. So, you know, when it was when they was asking, hey, they asked Coach Killed if he had a guy that might want to, you know, work, hey, I was one of the first guys to volunteer, wow. jumped on it. So I, I got an opportunity to work for Dan Jorcevich. At the time, he was the equipment manager for Bobby Ross, um, who was coming in as a new head coach. And, man, I mean, Going around the locker room, being around Herman Moore, Johnny Morton, wow. Barry Sanders. I mean, it was just Ray Roberts. I mean, Mike Compton. I mean, the list goes on. Big Luther Ellis, you know. Jeez. I mean, it was it, the list goes on, man. And all those great guys that um, were on that team at that time. And um, you know, and then I ended up joining them, like you know, about a lot of year, about a year and a half later. That's so weird. It, it was a little weird, but you know. People don't know that. So I knew how to put the jersey on the pads with the tape and all that <laughs> stuff. I had to scrub the football for the kickers. Wow. Yeah, man, I had to do all that stuff. You know, but I, you know what? I did it with a smile on my face. I made sure I was on time doing everything that I could do to, to help soak in, you know, knowledge and just kind of watching those guys and seeing how they operate and went about their business as a professional. Right. And what did you take out of that? Is that stuff, did you take lessons out of that locker room that stick with you to this day? Uh, absolutely. I mean, just knowing how you got to, if you're going to be a professional athlete, you got to prepare. Right. You know, it's all about the preparation. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, you know, you hear it all the time and some of the different sayings that coaches might use. But I don't think as as, as athletes sometimes, you know, we've been so geared toward our ability, mm-hmm. you know, and that, oh, it's just my ability. But no, if you want to enhance that ability, you got to prepare. Yeah. You got to train. You got to put yourself in uncomfortable situations or you can't become comfortable. 
Right. And I think, you know, that's starting to kind of not be as taken as serious as it should be. Um, but you know what? For me, as I saw it, I was like, man, I got one year left. I really want to go hard. And you know what? Watch After watching Robert Porsche, Tracy Scroggins, and those guys, you know, Brian Baker, who was the D-line coach, watching those guys, and I, I took notes and came back, and I had a great senior year. Um, like I said, it didn't it didn't translate to me getting drafted. So, again, when we talk about guys here at the Alumni Academy, a lot of guys that were undrafted, I was undrafted. Uh-huh. You know, a lot of guys here that, you know, went out in training camp, got cut, tried they trying to get back in. That was me. I got cut from Seattle in 1998. I went to Canada, right. you know, for three months. I left. I told them I wasn't coming back. They laughed at me, told me, oh, you be back. I said, no. And then when I got my shot, you know, Detroit brought me in. And, um, you know, I was a little bigger mm-hmm. through, through training camp from Seattle to what I did in Canada. I got a little bigger. I was a little stronger because um, I was a smaller guy when I came out. Yeah. But I came in and I just said, you know what, I got to make them make it make the decision to get rid of me hard. And, I mean, I was flying around hitting everything I could possibly hit legally. You know, <laughs> I wasn't doing nothing that was going to put my right. hurt myself because I did when I was working at, in the equipment room. I did see them guys cut somebody hitting Barry Sanders. Really? Yeah, man. So you know, you don't you don't touch the money guy. Right, right, right. You know, I, I learned that before I even became in the team. You don't touch the money guy. You know, you don't go around you know, hitting Tom Brady in practice. That's right. not going. That's not going to go well with. It's frowned upon. <laughs> yeah, frowned upon. So you know, I had an opportunity to see a lot of things first beforehand because I was out there. Right. And then when I got my chance now to be under the helmet and not be the guy on the sideline holding the yard marker. Right, right. You know, um, during training camp. You know, it was just things that, hey, how to conduct yourself. Right. And, um, you know, and I, was, and I was always in the huddles listening, listening to the D-line coach, the coordinators, even the head coach, mm-hmm. you know, as they tell, how they talk to the players. And so, you know, I just kind of applied it to myself and, and how what it could work for me. You know, I wasn't ever trying to be somebody else. I wasn't trying to be Luther Ellis. I wasn't trying to be Robert Porsche or Tracy Scroggins. I was going to be me. And it worked for me. And, um, you know, the career with Detroit, it stayed. I was there for about a year and a half, got cut. At the end of training camp, you know, when you when you low men on totem pole, you catch your injury, you out of there. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, I got hurt. And when I got back healthy, they gave me the old axe. You know, that's the thing. They got to get get you on tape, as they used to say. Yeah. Once you get hurt, got on tape. They cut me. I went down to Jacksonville, and and you know what? It turned into a nine year career in Jacksonville. I was already got one history. in with Detroit. Nine years in Jacksonville. I left Jacksonville. Went to, went to New Orleans, um, and lo and behold. I was there, got cut, brought ball back, but we won a Super Bowl. So I was good. You know, I, I was good. 11 jewelry. years. <laughs> 11 years, walk away with Super Bowl ring, man. Come on. You know what? That was, and for me at that point in time in my life, that's really what I wanted. I really wanted a Super Bowl, and, and I was able to, God bless me, to um, to get that. And you know what? I was I was done. You know, I was 35 years old. It wasn't like at that in that time of my career that, you know, hey, could I come back? Maybe, yes, but. It was going to take too much, you know, as far as me from a physical standpoint to come back. And so I just said, look, I got everything I really wanted out of the NFL. Yeah. And I'm, I was so appreciative because coming out of college, man, did I ever think I would have a career in the NFL? No. But because I lived it and I went through it, now as a coach, I coach from that standpoint. And I tell guys, look, man, I've been there. I mean, that's I've deep. I've done it. That's real deep. You know, and um, let me show you how you can do it. Right. And I can show you. As they say in the old saying, you can lead the horse to the well, but you can't make him drink. Right. And that's the same thing with, with the players. I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna lead you to the water. Mm-hmm. But you the ones gotta you the one gotta drink. You right. the one gotta apply it. 
And, um, and, if, and if a guy don't want to, and for whatever reason, there's a lot of different reasons. It's not just because people want to say he's lazy or he's not the guy's not smart enough. No, there's a ton of different reasons and factors that factor into that and decisions of why players don't want to really dive in because everybody wants it. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to do the work. And now when you got cut from Detroit and you go up to Canada, because a lot of guys – if you guys aren't familiar with how the academy works, most of the guys were on with NFL rosters and got cut at the end of training camp when the 53-man rosters got named. Now, how do you allow that to not break your spirit? It, it's it's got to be, you know, at the end of the day, you got to know within yourself. And I, I say it's easy to say, but it's very hard to do. If I can bottle that up and sell it, I'd be a very rich man. Right. I'd be the next Elon Musk, yeah, if you no will, kidding. if I could. But – the truth of the matter, you got to have that confidence in yourself. And what I try to tell players, truthfully, when you cross over at every level, okay, at every level of football, from high school to college, your confidence is shook a little bit. Mm-hmm. You're not the big dog on campus. You go to college, there are better players than you on that team. Right. But guess what? If you're confident in your craft, you know you're a good player, that confidence will come back. Once you start learning, you know, your surroundings, the players, the coaches, what the coach is looking for – that confidence start building up, and then you become the big man on campus at college, mm-hmm. and now you now you that dog in college. But then that's what there's another level, mm-hmm. the professional level, and you come up to the professional level. You're like, oh man, oh, oh man. Now here's the guys you've been playing on the Madden with. Right. <laughs> here's the guys that you've been watching on TV, and, and and it's just human nature. For some reason, we just put people on pedestals that we see on TV. You know, it's like you kind of starstruck right. a little bit, and and for me. I, I I was like that in the beginning, you know, just like most guys. 99% of the guys are like that. But real fast, it, it, I had the 180 because I was like, I can't be sitting there work, like happy and telling my buddies, man, I'm playing with Sam Adams or Michael Sinclair or Robert Porsche and all these superstars and guys that was on Tecmo Bowl. And all mm-hmm. I can't, you know, dance out more. I can't, you know, sit there and talk to my friends. I, I got to show those guys that I'm just good. I'm that. Yeah. I, I can I can be that guy. Right. And um, you know, so now I try to tell these guys, I say, look, man, one of the things I used to always say to the guys when I was in practice and I would go hard and they would slow down and say, Hey man, the only difference between me and you is our bank account. Mm. I ain't got no money right now. I'm trying to get what you what you got right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. And so I'm gonna do everything I possibly can to get it. And like I said, there are so many factors in that at, when you cross over to a professional from college to to the uh, the professional ranks you got to be able to, you know, block out the noise, if you will. Family's going to be at you. So women's going to be at you. Friends going to be at you. Social media now, something I didn't have to worry about, but these guys got to worry about now. That's going to be there with all their comments. And, you know, you got those, I call them online gangsters. And mm-hmm. they all everybody got something to say online, but in person they won't say a word. Mm-hmm. You got all these different factors, you know. Coach is going to be on your butt, especially if you're not a high draft pick, right. which most of these guys weren't. You know, you got a lot of different factors that you that got to factor into you locking in and saying, okay, I'm not going to allow that outside noise to, to sidetrack me from being at my best. Mm-hmm. So I got to be at my best every day. It ain't sometimes, it ain't some days, it's every day. And, like, the fact that, you know, when you talk that guys weren't high draft picks, like maybe, maybe your equity on that team, like you said, is very small, and these opportunities are very small, and these numbers are very small. You got to see... Um, you've seen a lot of things coming back. You saw the USFL, you saw the XFL, you saw NFL Europe, you saw all these opportunities come about for your peers and, you know, different football players. 
Um, how cool is it for you now to see the Academy open, XFL being back, USFL back, but XFL specifically because that's our partnership. So our athletes are going to be playing in the XFL. But how cool is that to see these opportunities for guys? Oh, man, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, you know, we had that stint, and I was one of the guys, like I said, I know I kind of I kind of skipped over it. When I got to Jacksonville, Jacksonville allocated me and sent me to the NFL Europe. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I went over there as First well. First year? So that was like you signed a contract, and then because they had guys. Guys, if you weren't familiar with the NFL Europe, so every guy, you're on an NFL Europe team, but you have an NFL patch, right, on the or jersey? Or you had the logo of the NFL team on your jersey, like right there in the middle of your jersey. That's so the I, team I had, you like, were the with. Gap, yeah. Right. So, but there were some guys that didn't have the – Oh really? The NFL team. Okay. So everybody wasn't allocated. Gotcha. Just certain guys were allocated. So I would, but again, allocation just means that okay, once the season was done, you went right back to that team. But that team had could cut you at any time. So there was guys, even though they were allocated, they got cut while they was in NFL Europe. Oh God. Yeah, they got cut. So then the allocation went away, and you was just a regular free agent again. Whoa. Yeah. So it was it was one of those things that you know. You had to continue to prove yourself week in and week out because again, no scouts and GMs and coaches were watching. Right. You know, and then they they asking, hey, they want to see because that's why I tell these guys everything you do is being watched. Everything. Mm-hmm. What, what you doing in the hotel? What are you doing on this practice field? How are you preparing? Everything is being watched. You can't. That's why I say you can't really take a day off. Yeah. You might want to, you know, or you want to go out and have a good time, and nobody says you can't. But just. Don't be a fool. Don't don't go out there and act a fool. Get get drunk or get mm-hmm. high and and then start acting crazy and bring you know and bring you know something negative to your name. That's not that's not gonna help you. I'm sure the Amsterdam NFL Europe team had to deal with a good amount. Yeah, you lose a few guys the night before, folks. <laughs> but go, being able to see football in Europe, like all the NFL fans watching this, just saw uh, Brady and the Bucks win over in Germany which was really cool to see and see the fanfare. Uh, how you saw it early, we're talking like the 2000s, early 2000s mm-hmm. when NFL Europe was really going. Uh, how cool is that to see the Europeans take our game on? Oh, man, that was awesome. Yeah. I mean, you know what? I mean, the co- going over there, first of all, to, to see a different culture and see how they do it. And, 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 and we know that soccer is like when it comes to world sports. Right. Soccer is the football of the yeah. world. We understand that. But when it comes to the football aspect, because soccer football brings a whole other physicality. Yeah. And, and it's in our human nature. We want to see that. We want to see that, you know, that gladiators. physicalness, the gladiatorness of, the, of sports. We want to see it. No matter what country you're from. Because mm-hmm. they had it everywhere. Right. So they, they and, and, I've, and I've, you know, I don't know if we have enough time, but I've had opportunities to go to Japan and do football camps. I've been to Singapore football and things of that nature and they got they got football in korea so football's everywhere wow. and, 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 people, and, and here in america we don't talk about that because we don't know right but football is really now become an international sport and i mean again i hope that we get opportunity you know the nfl or whoever we get opportunity to kind of build a build something to where we can't take it on the road some situation like this the alumni take it on the road let's go let's go to germany Let's let's go to Amsterdam or let's go over there to Korea or Singapore or Japan because there's football being played. And and when when I was there, the fans were like it was it was like Green Bay, Buffalo all over every week because those how that's how rabid the fans were. You know? Wow. How I mean they, they brought energy, they wasn't through they wanted to see us 
And it was just like, wow, man, they they like they crazy about football like this. That's insane. That's that's crazy, you know. And and you saw, and we get a little glimpse sometimes when now that the NFL has a game or two over there. Right. We get a little glimpse into that. But all you got to do is turn on soccer, turn on the, turn on, turn on the, um, the World Cup. Right. That's coming up here shortly. It starts today. Perfect yeah. timing. <laughs> and, and and just watch how the fans going to be. Everywhere, yeah. and they're gonna be uh, going crazy. That's how they were with football. And one of, one of our other coaches that's here that had some time in Europe was saying that 3 a.m. the bars over there would mm-hmm. be packed to watch American football. Absolutely. I mean, and that's and I think that's where I, we don't. And I know the NFL is, has been working diligently, and, and and you know the NFL front office with the NFL teams is trying to find how can we maximize. How yeah. can you know? It's all business. I mean, right. We got to realize that. But, but it's it's just one of those things where you would love to say yes, we would love to have a team over there, right? But logistically, <laughs> to deal with the flight, that's gonna yeah, be yeah. pretty pretty hard and pretty right. difficult because there's a lot of factors that go into that. Just from a logistics standpoint, the traveling and all that every week and stuff like that, that's gonna be difficult. And then you got to think about you know how the pair's gonna get paid, and then you know right. their families. Families don't want to be living over there. You know, football players, we don't care. We just want to go ball. And it's tough. We don't wear. But when you got a wife and kids and you say you got school kids, kids are going right. to Now that's when things it's get kind of. That's tough. You know, tough. that's tough. And, and the I currency think that's thing you said, that's what a lot of guys are saying. They're like, whoa, whoa, we got to still be getting paid in U.S. dollars, which I'm sure, yeah, they figure that out. But then the big point was, because my first argument for that, Coach, was, okay, you base them on the East Coast, right? Of the United States, and you have them fly over for their eight games. Let's say a team's in the UK. You have them fly over for their eight home games or whatever. But not so fast. If a team's going to actually build a culture there, they want the players going on PR ops. They want them going, making appearances. You want the players to live there. They have to live there. Yeah. And that's and that and that's where I think the biggest struggle you, you will find because, again, everybody is not going to be sold on living in Europe. Right. Know, despite, yes, there's a lot of culture, a lot of things. But just like we see Europe as, oh, man, there's so much culture, so much to do, whatever. Europe, Europeans see us the same way. Exactly. You know? But, again, are they willing to come over and live? Right. And leave their home, leave everything they know? That's the same thing we're dealing with here. It's a nice vacation, right? Yeah. Now, the coach has meetings soon, so I want to I wanna try to get as much as I can right now. <laughs> uh, but – how exciting is it now for you to be getting ready? You're seeing – so we're based out of uh, what used to be the ballpark in Arlington. Now it's Choctaw Stadium right here, the Texas Rangers old ballpark. And this will be the home, the hub really for the XFL when it starts. All the teams will be training here, right, in the area? In the area, yes. So um, how cool is this? Because we're starting to see the XFL folks come around, you know, coaches, mm-hmm. scouts, some of their folks. Um, knowing that you're going to be coaching now in the XFL, how cool is this to get this little jump start here? It's very cool, man. To get an opportunity to come down here, I, I'm grateful that Dean Dalton allowed me the opportunity to come down and, and be a part of the alumni. Um, a lot of great coaches, um, Ted Cottrell, you know, Steve Smith, Jay Hayes, Chuck Smith, been doing a lot of great things in pass rush. And the thing I look at it as another opportunity to learn, mm-hmm. you know, to grow. As a coach, and it's just as a human being, truthfully, we need to be in a mindset of, of growth every day. How, what can I learn today that I didn't know yesterday? Mm-hmm. Despite I didn't come in here with the mindset of, I know football. You ain't got to tell me. Just point me in the right direction, and I'm good. I'm, I'm never like that. I've always been a, a guy that's humble, and I'm humble by the opportunity to be a part of this, you know, um, organization of the NFL alumni. 
And I think, you know, more NFL guys need to check it out, you know, and, and just from a standpoint of just, you know, if 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 you're in the area, you know, right. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of NFL players that live in Texas. Anthony you Dorsett know. was here visiting. There us. you go. I mean, guys that you know live in Dallas area, man, come on down and check it out. You know, Absolutely. right here in Chalk Talk, right across the street from AT and T Stadium in the Globe Life. You know, check it out, man, because this this is not just about you know the players that are here, right? You know, because this thing is called NFL Alumni Academy. Yes. So we're trying to help bring these young men up to be a part of this prestigious alumni. You know, I'm a part of it because, yes, I got the opportunity to play in the NFL. I got the opportunity to play 11 years. Met a lot, I have a lot of good friends that are, that are that are part of the NFL from a coaching player standpoint, you know, even the front office. Mm-hmm. And I just think that, you know, when you look at what Dean and, and, and those guys are trying to do, this is something that, you know, as a, as a retired, as, a, as an NFL alumni player, you, you got to be proud of. Yeah. Because we're trying to establish and build a foundation for these the younger generation, these young men that, you know what, maybe whatever the reason they were, they wasn't good enough at that time right. of their lives when they tried to make an NFL ball club. But if there's something that myself or a guy, you ain't got to be a coach to come in here and give a word to encourage these young men, to help them build their confidence up, build them up, and come in and say, you know what, hey, bro, let me let me, let me me just help you. Let me give you a little tidbit mm-hmm. of what I did. Right. You know, everybody got a story. So why not share it if you're in the area? Because if I was living in, if I was a, you know, a resident of Dallas, and I wasn't coaching, I would love to come by here and check it out. Absolutely. You know, come by and check out what's going on, what, what they're doing, you know. And, 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 hey, fellas, as the coaches that are here training, we don't stop the players that come in and just to be able to check out from speaking. If you want to speak, you want to speak on it, speak on it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and these, guys, these young men are here soaking up the knowledge to learn, to, to be able to apply to their game and make them a better player. Absolutely, and I think that's so cool. I got goosebumps just now when you're saying that because th- just that logo right there, you understand the blood, sweat, and tears that went into that. Absolutely. You lived it. You lived it in the rawest form possible. You struggled, and then you found success, and you sustained success over a decade in the NFL. So just for that, hats off. And then to come back, and like you said, the, the you know our main listening group here on the NFL Alumni Lounge is NFL Alumni. Mm-hmm. And that's so cool because it is an open invite, guys. This is a family environment here at the Academy. And the more guys that are learning about it, the more guys are reaching out wanting to know. Like, now we're starting to get guys, like some of you guys are probably have sent in suggestions for players, you know? And, like, it's cool how it all comes, but it's a blessing to have you here. Your attitude, your aura, everything. Hey, Coach. Yeah, Coach does got Coach got to go to his meeting right now. <laughs> I got to go, man. But, hey, man, it was a pleasure. Anytime, man, we can get together, connect. And, you know, the guys out there listening, like I said, if you know you in the area, come be a part of this because, truthfully, this is the part of you. We just want you to be a part of it. Absolutely. And uh, that's the International Spice, ladies and gentlemen, from right here <laughs> in Dallas, Texas, Arlington, Texas, at Choctaw Stadium. This is another episode of the NFL Alumni Lounge. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio. And uh, this episode has been brought to you by our friends at Elevate Health, the very best in recovery. Have you been in the chamber yet? Not yet. I need to get in there, though. He's going to go get in the chamber, <laughs> and we'll catch you guys next time. Cheers. Meeting.